Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, Nate, you won't believe it, man. We can franchise this whole show. We can get T-shirts. We can put out people. We can just get people to do the work for us and then just put the name on it and make the money off of it. Isn't that the way to do it? I would think so. The only thing we have to ask in the interview is if they can properly pronounce the name of the show. Who cares if they can? We'll just get someone with big tits and a smile, and then the guys will turn in. Wait, you've got big tits and a smile. <laughs> and, yes, people, welcome to the cesspoitation conflagulation. And that's how studios pretty much feel when it comes to franchises. Any movie that makes a little bit over there, their budget. They figure we're going to whore this out like a street pimp does its whores until it's all used up and dead. Indeed. Now, the reason that we got on this topic in the first place when Stephen and I were talking, uh, I think just now this is just my personal opinion. I can't speak for you, Stephen, but I think my whole idea about this is I grew up in the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, so for me, three is the magic number, like trilogies, like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, like three movies, and I thought, okay, you know, now we're done with this, and I know nostalgia plays a big part in why we continue on with Indiana Jones and Star Wars. But that's not that's not what we're going to talk about at the forefront here. <clears throat> Let's talk about some franchises that just went on way too long. And to start off, we can get into the slasher hero genre. Yep. Going back to the 80s, you couldn't go back a year from 1980 to 1989. Without there being at least one Friday the 13th a year. Yeah, and that's a dicey one for me, too. I mentioned this to you before. Like, if I had to pick two, two, that's the thing, too. I get really agitated when there's only two. I either need one or three for for me to be happy with with a franchise. You know, like it either just has to be one and done or I need at least a trilogy. That's that's my whole point. Yeah, but at least Friday the thirteenth the Friday the thirteenth is what I call my cheeseburger franchise. Right. You know, it's yeah. like when you go to McDonalds, you don't go to McDonalds to get a great hamburger. You go there because you know it's going to be the same every time, and you know what you're going to get. Right? I could have gone for three Friday the 13th because I do like the fact that, you know, the first one, Jason's not the killer. The second one, when Jason comes back, when Jason finally emerges as the killer, he's got the bag head instead of the hockey mask. And then the third one, he finally puts on the hockey mask. 
those three right there would have been enough for me for Friday the 13th. Yeah, but then we had the Tommy Tommy Jarvis trilogy, which actually worked too. See, but I think that would have been better as a separate movie series. You know, they could have they could have done that as a well. They kind of did that with five, which actually is actually grown in stature. People didn't like it when it first came out because it didn't have Jason. It didn't have Jason. And then right. we've grown to love it, sleazy ass. <laughs> yeah, it didn't have the real Jason, but it did have a guy in a hockey mask killing people. <laughs> so. And then we know. had six, which is just it's just fun. It's silly. It's goofy. It's got the right comic beats. Jason's taken seriously, but even he has a few good gore gags in it with involving him. Right. And I I guess that's the one good thing about Friday the 13th, even though I still think it should have ended after three movies, I still think that the one good thing about that versus Nightmare on Elm Street, which we'll talk about after we're done talking about Friday, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy got goofier and goofier. And... So did Jason, but with Jason, it was all visual gags because he never talked. So yeah. it was all it was visual gags, not just like puns and and goofery, you know. So yeah, but yeah, and they did I, a TV series spinoff of Friday the Thirteenth that wasn't that bad. Yeah, but didn't have anything to do with Jason. It was supposed to if they would have gone all four seasons like it was supposed to. Right. The original right. plan for the TV series was the final season was supposed to be uh, them getting all the cursed objects but one, and it was supposed to be a cursed hockey mask, and them ended up fighting Jason on Crystal Lake. Huh. Yeah, I never knew that. The, you're right. The series isn't bad. Um, yeah, it was, it was better than uh, – oh, what was that? friggin' Fox show that J.J. Abrams did right after Lost went off the air. Uh, It was very similar. Fringe, yeah. It was like, I always felt like Fringe was kind of a cross between the Friday the 13th TV show and and the X-Files, you know? I don't know. That was just kind of my read on it. At least that's what I kind of felt like they were going for. But, yeah, at least Friday the 13th has not had a horrible, horrible, unwatchable, all-the-way movie in the series. Now, Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street. I love the first one, <laughs> up until the last five minutes. Yep, yeah. And we've talked about this before. Again, I can't remember if we talked about it on the show or if we talked about it, messaged about it. But yeah, yeah we both know we both know that was not the original ending. That yeah, Wes Craven and the fought second the second one was good. Yeah, and again, see, if I had to pick Nightmare on Elm Street, I would say one, two, and three, and call it good. You know, like yeah, three the was third, good. 
they had a solid yes. ending to it. Nancy defeated, Freddie had lost all his powers. But then they had the Alice movies, and I hated Alice. I hated all right. Well, see, it follows the same pattern as what we were talking about on uh, Friday the 13th, though, that they, after individually set stories, they suddenly linked a bunch of the almost episodes, I would say, you know, together. They decided, okay, the next three movies, you know, the next three movies we're going to focus on this one particular character, you know, like like you said, uh, with the problem with five is, is everybody that was good and talented of the early 90s had a turn with the Freddy script. There was a joke on the set of Elm Street 5 that the script was the bastard son of a hundred ma- hundred maniacs. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's see. Yep. Uh, David Shaw had a crack at it. Uh, John Skip and Craig Spector. Uh, what? Let me see. Oh yeah, uh, Peter Jackson. Really, Peter Jackson? Yeah. I knew, I knew Skip Inspector took a shot at it, and they were, they were hot in the nineties. They, I mean, they were mostly known for, uh, for the books, for the books that they worked on. But I didn't know that they worked on a script for, uh, for Nightmare. Huh. Yeah, almost everybody got a crack at it. Uh, wow. And Peter Jackson, I, I, I never knew Peter Jackson had anything to do with it. Now, yeah, that's now how that's, he met uh, Shay and uh, decided to take his pitch for another franchise, which we'll probably talk about later, on to him. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, I I guess now that I think about it, it makes sense, though, because you think about uh, Peter Jackson's early career, which a lot of people forget about. I always wait for the day that my mom walks into, uh, you know, the video store and sees a sees a copy of Dead Alive that says, from the director of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and she's like, oh, I love those Hobbit movies. <laughs> yeah. And then she gets a copy. Then she gets a copy of Dead Alive Home and <laughs> pops yeah, that in. Yeah, but I the, think of one better that she could get. <laughs> yeah, what's that? Meet the Feebles. Meet, I was going to say Meet the Feebles. I almost said it at the exact same time as you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from the director of Lord of the Rings, another fantasy classic, Meet the Feebles. Oh, <laughs> watch this. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> So now we didn't And then in between Five And uh, Six Freddy's Dead The worst thing ever happened to the franchise Happened And that is the TV show Freddy's Nightmares Oh yeah Yeah There was only like one, two good episodes of it, and one is the Freddy origin story directed by Toby Hooper, which was pretty goddamn good. Yeah. I and always the love second me some- one, and this is the best of them, is the one about the pizza joint where it has Jeffrey Combs owns it, and he ends up grinding up humans to uh, 
make his pepperoni and meat toppings for the pizzas. Yeah, right. And the best so, one of that one is where the meat grinder in the middle. I don't know how the hell they got away with this. Where the middle finger got stuck in the meat grinder and they're doing the talking scene and the middle finger's just going boing, 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 boing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. That's another one of those things like we were talking about uh, earlier today, uh, like about the Hellraiser franchise. We'll get to that a little later, but that that, that almost seems like you know, they had an idea for a new anthology show, and they were just like, well, you know, Freddy's popular right now. Let's just slap his name on it, and we'll just pretend that it was supposed to be a Nightmare on Elm Street tie-in all along. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, well, what happened was, is after Tales from the Dark Side, the anthology, there was the anthology boom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But... The thing is, is that they tried to make Freddy nicer and more widely acceptable. Right. They tried to well, ignore that... one little bit of canon from the first film. Do you remember what that fact was? Uh, no. Nope. Freddy was a child molester and a fucking child killer. Oh, I thought you were going to say that he was... Well, we talked. We already joked about it earlier, but yeah, that he was the product of a nun that was raped repeatedly. But yeah, yeah they, they, you know, it's like they tried to soften all of his hard edges. Right. That's when they well, put that, out the stuffed dolls of him for your kids. Freddy's sleep time dolls. The Freddy squirt <laughs> balls. We had Freddy toys, people. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying about, you know, like, uh, the actual movies, the franchise, uh, you know, as the years went on, he got more, like, punny and ridiculous, like, and I think that might have been part of, they might have been feeding into that, because they were like, okay, well, now we're making Freddy toys, and, you know, for the kids, I mean, I have Freddy toys, but they're like, you know, the NECA toys that are definitely geared more towards adults, you know, for nerds like me who still collect toys in their yeah. late sports, you know. But, yeah, I I do think they definitely tried to soften. I mean, Christ, what, what, uh, I can't even remember when it came out, but remember on one of the, they did the whole, uh, Freddie, he did that song with the fat boys, like, the, are you ready for Freddie? Freddie's ready for me. Right. And then uh, they, they had, had a whole Freddy, Freddy Sings album, man. Yep, yep. And they had the hotline you could call to talk to Freddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's funny is uh, Robert England says when he's recording an album, he was drunk off his ass the whole time. And if you listen to any of the Freddy Sings sing songs, you can tell Robert England was drunk off his ass the whole time. <laughs>
It's the same thing as Alien versus Predator. After all the time that people waited and waited and waited for it, like, yeah, it wasn't as good as it should have been. I thought there was some kind of goofy stuff in Freddy versus Jason, like, uh, oh, the scene where the kid gets high and then he sees the snake version of Freddy, like, I don't know. I thought that was, I don't know. Like, at this point, that one was just pure silliness. The one that had Johnny Depp doing the whole this is your brain on drugs thing, that one has to be the goofiest of all the movies. Yeah, right. I'm just tired of the whole, like, teenagers get stoned and then they don't really understand what's going on. That was one of the things... And I know a lot of people don't really care for Cabin in the Woods, but that was one of my favorite things about Cabin in the Woods is that at last they subverted that trope to, oh, the yeah, stoner, the stoner saved them all because he had his own stash. Cabin in the Woods is smarter than its own fucking than anyone you would ever expect it. If you haven't seen that yet, watch it. It's one of the best, smartest. Yeah. Horror comedies there is. Yeah, it it is really good. And I know a lot of people that didn't like it, you know, but I don't know. I didn't you know, watch it until all... I seen the first five minutes on a preview. And after that first five minutes, I was like, what the fuck? Well, again, I was a big fan of Lost. So I watched it because Drew Goddard was involved with it. So I said, well, you know, I'll give it a shot to see what it's all about. But, yeah, I didn't see it until it came out on Blu-ray, DVD. But don't you agree that is a great opening? Instead of getting into the story of teenagers, we got five minutes of him talking about his goddamn wife child-proofing his cabinets and getting his friends (laughs) to come over to his house. He's like, we're going to liberate our goddamn cabinets tonight. <laughs> I'm like, where the hell did this come from? I like it. <laughs> right? Yeah, I like it. I, I think it's cool. It, it was a cool idea, and they definitely executed it well. And that's another one, like, talking about movies that I hope they never make a sequel to. I hope there's never a sequel to that. And presumably, there would be no reason to make a sequel to it, since, spoiler alert, the world ends at the end of the movie. But, oh, they, yeah. they'll, probably make a friggin', they'll probably make a friggin' prequel to it at some point, showing how yeah. the old gods came to be or whatever. But I hope not. I don't need another Cabin in the Woods. I got the one that I wanted. I'm done with yeah. it. And another one that it's good we they went crazy with the sequels, but Halloween, if Halloween would have ended with the first film, I would have been a happy camper. That was one of the best endings I've ever seen. Yeah. Bam, bam. He shot him six times. He's fucking banished. You know, was that the boogeyman? Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. I, I had Halloween on my list, too, and, like, that's that's one of the Yeah, I could have done with one Halloween movie, and that would have been good enough for me. And, and the second one was good. At least in the second one, they he was fucking dead. I'm talking blown yeah. the fuck up, burnt the shit, dead. 
Yeah. And, I mean, th- but that's another one of those movies that could have just as easily been, like, you could have, you, you could have started that movie off with, you know, a police closing in on some random serial killer that they'd been looking for. They shoot him a bunch of times. They take him to the hospital. I mean, the whole movie takes place in the hospital for the most part, you know. So yeah. and that could have been that could have been any like random slasher movie. It didn't have to be. And as far as well, I've read, well, well, think about how many random slash movies we had in hospitals: X-ray, visiting hours, uh, uh, bad dreams. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But I don't know. And I know, I, like then I said, then we got Halloween Three, which is how John Carpenter wanted to take it. But here's the problem with most franchises, and these are the this is the biggest thing I put the blame of why we keep getting shitty movies and franchises that should have died. Stupid fans who want to see the same movie over and over again. Yeah. I, we got I Halloween Three, like- which is how what John Carpenter wanted to do was each year give us a different Halloween themed horror film. Yep. Hall- yep. Michael Myers is supposed to be the first, and then we'd have the third with the cult. Yep. And. Like I was. How would you like that? I would have loved that as a teen. A different themed horror film that's Halloween based. Yeah. Every year, you know. Yeah, and like I said, I I think everything I've ever read about it, John Carpenter really fought back hard against the studio because they wanted Halloween Two to be another Michael Myers movie. And so he pushed back against that and then finally got what he wanted with Halloween 3. But like you said, all the fans were like, nope, this is not what we wanted. We wanted another Michael Myers movie. I mean, for Christ's sake, Halloween 4 is called The Return of Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> like, And here's, uh, here's the real fans on Halloween 3 when it first came out. Ooh, is that ain't got Michael Myers? Ooh. Wait, Tom no, Atkins? And he's the hero? Yeah. Bye, man. And I, 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 I love Halloween 3. I, I, as a standalone movie, I think it's a really fun flick. And I love Tom Atkins because I love Night of the Creeps. That, he is great in that. And Daniel and, Hurley is fucking Cochran. God damn, is he good. Right? He has one of the best end scenes ever, because I don't know if he really dies or not, where he just looks up and winks at Tom Atkins and just bows. <laughs> He's like, right. well played, sir. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. fuck you, you got me, you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, man. It was got it was the plus end the very dark ending, which most people didn't understand because I've got 
Well, I had the tie-in novel. I tried to get a replacement copy, but I ain't going to play the hundreds that it goes for nowadays. Yeah, it right. was It was supposed to fade, you know, after, stop it. It was supposed to fade to black and then this pop up on the screen. There right. was, no one went home, you know, the streets ran red with blood, and they were mixed with the tears of the parents as the world's largest sacrifice happened the way they wanted. And then well, it faded away, and then, boom, no one went home that night. Well, the tagline Credit. on the poster and the poster and the artwork on the box even say the night no one came home. Yeah. Right? Cause because the original tagline for the first Halloween was the night she came home, but Halloween 3 has the tagline, the night no one came home. Yeah. Yeah. But then Mustafa Akkad got it, and we started getting generic-ass sequels, like Halloween 4, eh, 5, shit. <laughs> Halloween yep. 6, producer's cut. It's great. I like the producer's cut version of Halloween 6, but it had a giant problem. Yeah, what did you hate about it? No, it's not a pro- Hey, it's just that they had to refilm the last 20 minutes because it was all set up at the very end of it that Loomis became Michael Byers' keeper but shortly after he filmed the scene, Donald Pleasance died. So they couldn't have that ending, so they had to refilm the ending with the runes and all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like like I said, in in my opinion, I could go for... If it was just Halloween and Halloween 3, I would be somewhat satisfied, but again, I have to mention my OCD about trilogies. I need yeah, three Then movies. we had Halloween Water. Yeah, right. Halloween. That title's not named Halloween Water. <laughs> well, well it Water's funny. chemical form? Uh-huh. Yeah. It was pretty watered down. No, as soon as I, I mean, think I thought, like, Halloween H2O, I'm like, Halloween water? What? <laughs> I think they were trying to go for, what, Halloween 20th 20 anniversary? 20 later. Yeah, 20 years later, but, yeah, that was ridiculous. And then now, there was a follow-up, which was... Yeah, the next one was the one with Busta Rhymes beating up Michael Myers. I'm like, no, fuck that shit. <laughs> right? All the fuck on my ass. <laughs> yeah. And then we got the two I'm... Rob Zombie remakes. The Rob Zombie one, I love the first half of it. Yeah. But the second half. Sucked. When he had to, re- when he got to the point where he had to remake uh, John Carpenter's film, Beat by Beat. Yeah. It was boring and useless as a urinal 
in the middle of the woods. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's kind of funny that you bring that up because, I don't know, Rob's, Rob Zombie is hit or miss for me. I mean, I have liked some of his movies, and even though I wasn't a huge fan of, you know, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, which I felt was just a total knockoff of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I kind of felt like, even for my standards, uh, The Devil's Rejects was just kind of like complete and total sleaze. I was still really pissed that there wasn't a third movie because, like I said, trilogies. I need a trilogy. So Well, you got Three you know, from Hell, which was uh, crippled yeah. because of Sid Haig's death. Yeah, he finally came out with Three from Hell, yeah. And I, you know, I actually liked that more than, uh, I liked that more than uh, Devil's Rejects. But, yeah, but um, I didn't. I don't know. I didn't really care much for Rob Zombie's Halloween movies. I didn't. I didn't like them that you know much. The, I thought the best part of Halloween was is that the fact that uh, Michael Myers was a Kiss fan. I just found <laughs> some kind of giddy pleasure of him sitting in his room playing "God of Thunder." I'm like, yes. <laughs> right. Uh, well. And Halloween 2 sucked. There's just no way about it. You could just tell that Rob Zombie just didn't give a fuck. Right. For all, I mean, I don't know for sure, but for all I know, that could have just been some kind of contractual obligation where they were just like, oh, you He wanted to make his biker film, but they say, no, we're going to make, you're going to do this for us. Oh, man. It's in your contract. Fuck. I have never seen a director do a contractually obligated movie where they put their heart into it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's Hollywood for you. And then we got the remake that came out two years ago, which was like, okay. It didn't... I thought it was okay, not that good. It was just another Halloween movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least I have a crappy television series with Michael Myers in it. Not yet. (laughs) I know. Shut up, Steve. All right. Well, let's put it this way: we hate Michael Myers, but we love the shape. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And now so, to Hellraiser, which Miramax rode that bitch into the ground, straight to hell, past that, come out the other side and rode it back down in the ground. It, The first two Hellraisers are good. The first one's the best. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I agree. The first one is the best. It's a kinky-ass little film. I like it. And really, the first two are the only ones that I actually like. But, again, with my OCD, I need three out of the franchise that I can knock off and say these are, you know, these Anthony are the only Hitchcock's three. Anthony Hitchcock's director's cut of three is fun. 
I just Chris don't like Wallace's the sentiment. Original cut of four is goddamn good. It's just a goddamn shame we didn't get to see it. Yeah. Is is four the one that what what's the one that's in outer space? Four. Is that that's four, yeah. That yeah, that one that one was an improvement over three. I the only thing I really disliked about three was the new Cenobites. I just thought they were goofy. I didn't Oh, C D had smoker one. Yeah. If you had a smoking fetish, the smoker one was hot. <laughs> right. Trust me, I know some people with smoking fetishes and that and I ask them about that, and they're like, oh, God, she was so hot smoking through her goddamn neck and on the cigarette. Oh, my God. I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, there's people here. <laughs> Pull your pants up. I, I have an interesting theory about that, actually. I've mentioned this to friends of mine before because I've noticed that on the Internet, after I don't know what it's like down where you live, but up here you cannot smoke inside anywhere anymore. It's 100% illegal to smoke inside anywhere here anymore. And I noticed as that trend spread across New England, I noticed a huge spike in smoking fetish websites. Like, so there were guys, obviously, who were out there on the streets watching women smoke and getting turned on by it. And then when they couldn't do that anymore, they were like, well, fuck this. I'm going home and making a website. That, that has to be it. Yeah. That has, that has to be the, that has to be the reason. People like like the forbiddenness. People like the (laughs) forbidden. That was, remember they talked about it in Hellraiser. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, that's that's the whole point of the puzzle box. Like people are curious because they know yeah. they're not supposed to. They know they're not supposed to play it's with for, it, but they want to play. The people with it. who find the box are people that's already done it all. You know. Yep. Yep. But, they get into yeah, more I, than novella where he talks about Frank is a. Uh, Slept with men, animals, everything. He screwed everything that he could in this world. And right. he was bored. And he wanted more yep. sensation. Yep. Yeah. That's that's conveyed fairly well in the in the movie. I mean, obviously Clive Barker directed the movie as well as after, yeah. you know, he wrote the he wrote the novella. I mean, that's conveyed fairly well, but I think they kind of shied away from the bestiality, but, uh, you know, a little bit, obviously. They didn't bring it up, but, um, yeah, they make it pretty clear that the reason he's attracted to the the puzzle box, the layman configuration there, is because he, uh, yeah, he's done it all. He's seen it all. I mean, where where is he when he first opens it? He's, like, in the Middle East somewhere, right, at the very beginning of the movie? Yeah, he's like yeah. somewhere in the Middle East. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, but the problem is after four, Miramax instead of just trying to make Hellraiser movies, they took decent, some decent scripts they had, and some shitty scripts. Just a bunch of scripts laying around. They're like, 
Can we use the script? Can we fit in Pinhead? Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. Make it. Boom. 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 <laughs> right. But they've gone so far down the spiral now that even uh, you know uh, Doug Bradley was like, eh, "I'm not doing this anymore." Right. Like the last Hellraiser movie is Pinhead is not played by Doug Bradley. Yeah, it's because they thought he was too old. That's the one where it looks like Pinhead's taking a shit on the cover. Yeah, right. <laughs> he has that look on his face like when you can't poop for two or three days and it's just stuck up in there and you're going to... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's another film that didn't have nothing to do with the Hell- Pinhead or the Hellraiser franchise that they just shoehorned him in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We try lesser so we don't have to. <laughs> yeah. But I there's a that, couple I, of good ones, like uh, Hellraiser Deader is good. Uh, the one with Lance Henriksen in it is fucking fun, but that's because it's got Lance Henriksen in it. Yeah, Murder right. World. Yeah, like I said... I, I like Lance Hendrickson a lot, but I mean he's got to be with the right director because he can he can go way over the top real easy if he doesn't if someone doesn't reel him in you know yeah and when he's doing a paycheck movie yeah right like I have one movie somewhere here in my VHS collection with him where he's a Bigfoot he he's like hunting Bigfoot and. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he just, he just he's nuts the whole time. Like he's just kind of like freaking out. And I can understand if it had been like he starts out the movie like he doesn't believe in Bigfoot, and he's just like, you know, all of a sudden confronted with the yeah. reality that it might exist. But but no, no, he just he's just kind of freaking out the whole movie. You know, like yeah, he's just freaking out, man. Yeah. Right. And now now let's get into the last of the horror ones, which is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The first one's a classic. Yep, yep. The second one is goddamn good. Yep, for sure. We didn't get the fact that the jokes were on purpose, but when we did, we went back and watched it, and we're like, hey, this is actually good, and it's actually fucking funny. Right. We kind of talked about this uh, last week or the week before. I can't remember, but we were talking about um, Evil Dead. It was kind of the same thing. Like the first Evil Dead was intended to be serious. Evil Dead Two, more of a comedy. And they did the same thing with Texas Chainsaw. They did the same thing with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. First one serious. The second one was supposed to be more of a comedy. Yeah. Yeah, the second one has one of my favorite lines in the whole franchise, which is, it's a dog-eat-dog world, and if you ask me, there ain't enough damn dog. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And Dennis Hopper goes way over the top in this movie. Yeah. Well, that's Dennis Hopper for you, though. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean. (laughs) Yeah, when when he has the... When he has the two chainsaws, you're like, all right, so he's even t- 
technically crazier than Leatherface at this point, I guess. Yeah, when he's <laughs> I mean, just thinking bringing in the sheaves. Right? <laughs> yeah. And but, Bill Mosley just steals this whole movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm lying. I'm lying. And, of course, music is my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, and scraping off the pieces of his own skull to eat like he's so... Yeah, yeah, scratch his plate, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's just... Even today, I've seen that movie, you know, probably 50 times in my life, and even now when I watch it, I'm that's still one of the most disturbing parts of the movie to me. I'm just like, ugh, this guy yeah. is so... At this point, he's so addicted to human flesh that if he can't get some, he's just going to eat well, his it's own. Just one like, of, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but and yeah. And the third one, uh, Leatherface, that's a film that I wish we could ever find the real version that Jeff Bird did. Right. Because how many other films are you going to have as uh, with Viggo Mortensen playing a gay gay cannibalistic psycho? <laughs> right. <laughs> probably no probably not nowadays. It wasn't is it me or the first time you seen you didn't realize that Viggo Mortensen's character was supposed to be gay? Yeah, I don't I don't think I really caught on to it, but then again, you know, the first time I saw it I was kinda young and I didn't know any real gay people, so <laughs> you know. Well, and plus they just did it and then I seen the unrated version which has that one scene, he's like, What are you gonna do? She looks at Viggo Mortensen going, what are you going to do? You're going to rape me? And then all of a sudden he goes, oh, honey, I wouldn't touch you if I could. And then he looks real affectionate toward her boyfriend. Her boyfriend goes, no, no. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeff Burr said the MPAA made him cut out any trace that says that Viggo Mortensen's supposed to be gay because that disturbed him. Yeah. Don't well, forget the third that... holds a record for most cuts ever in a movie. I think it's like right. 400. Damn. Close to around three to 400 cuts for it passes right. an R. That's crazy. But it's still good. But, and then we got Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where if it didn't have Matthew McConaughey just going batshit insane over the top, it would not be a good movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but then yeah, you got was... him basically, the girl sticking a shotgun in his face, and then basically uh, uh, McConaughey sticks the shotgun in his mouth going I'm like holy shit was he stoned on this movie (laughs) I wouldn't doubt it that that was a weird one though I mean that was one that I saw when I worked at the video store it popped up one day in our deliveries and I was like well I gotta watch this 
it didn't really seem like it had much to do with the rest of the chainsaw previously released chainsaw trilogy and obviously it didn't because it wasn't it wasn't really intended well it was intended to be released but you know that uh matthew mcconaughey and uh, adele wigger sued to try to get the movie not released and i don't blame them they sued to try to keep it from being released so uh yeah but speaking of part three and the you know trying to kind of uh skirt the whole issue of homosexuality going back to friday the 13th or, or no nightmare on elm street rather uh you know of course nightmare on elm street 2 there's a whole documentary about it now uh where you know uh you know mark Patton tries to tries to play down oh i didn't know that we were making a an allegory for homosexuality whereas everyone else on the movie was like, oh, yeah, we knew it was an allegory for homosexuality, you know. Yeah, I'm like, he's like, I didn't know it was supposed to be gay. I'm like, motherfucker, you were fucking in a fucking leather bar. (laughs) Right. Yeah, there's a scene in a fucking leather bar where your coach makes you strip down and do (laughs) push-ups while he's over you in full fucking New York City bondage leather gear. Bullshit! <laughs> Double oh, bullshit on your ass. <laughs> yeah, that that it it always reminds me of like that scene from The Simpsons where Homer gets kicked out of uh, Moe's and he's going around looking for another bar to drink in, and he goes into a lesbian bar. And at first, you think it's going to be typical Homer just being stupid and not understanding what's going on, but when he looks around, he's like, there's something suspicious about this bar. And then he's like, there's no fire escape. Enjoy your death trap, lesbian. And he runs out. <laughs> it's like, how clueless. Like, you, you're more clueless than Homer Simpson, dude? Like, I don't know. That's, that's, a, tough, that's a tough road to hoe. I <laughs> know. Uh, I love that. Oh, we didn't know. And then earlier... I've got the original uh, Blu-ray of Elm Street 2. They're like, oh, we snuck in, rewrote the script to make it gayer behind his back. He has said that, too. Huh. Yeah. So, yeah, they knew what they were up to. And now we're up to the Platinum Dunes remake of Take This Chainsaw Massacre, which isn't good, but... Fucking Arlie Army's a fucking brilliant addition to the fucking series. The two films with him in it are great just because Arlie Army fits. Yep. Yep. But. And though it leaves me with one of my biggest questions ever in film history. Oh, yeah. It shows a woman pull out the 44 Magnum. Yeah. From under her skirt. How the hell did she walk around with a fucking forty-four Magnum with a barrel that long shoved up her cooch? Well, I don't know. I mean, how did the how did the uh, you know uh, how did the chicken machete walk around and do all that fighting and stuff with a cell phone shoved up hers? 
She didn't. She was laying on a bed. <laughs> right. Yeah. But the movie, it and the beginning were not that good. But Arlene Erm, all the stuff with Arlene Ermey, my favorite scene of those is the one where uh, Arlene Ermey is forcing them to do push-ups and beating them with a nightstick. And I'm like, I wonder if he did that when he was a drill instructor. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, famously, uh, Arlie Emery uh, was a drill instructor, and they he wasn't originally cast to be in Full Metal Jacket, but then when he was like, you know, this isn't what really happens when you're a drill instructor in, in Vietnam, you know. He's like, let, let me show you how it's done. Then Kubrick was like, oh, I like that. You're you're hired. <laughs> yeah, and he so, basically took over and directed all – he took over from Kubrick and blocked out his own freaking scenes. Right? Yeah. And, and now uh, we're on or, to uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just watched that one the other day. Uh, Why? I don't know. Yeah, I, a lot of times when I'm when I get home from work in the afternoon, I'll put on a movie that I've seen before just because I know I'm gonna take a nap on the couch while I'm watching it. I know I'm gonna doze off on the couch. So yeah. that was my pick. That was my pick the other day, and. Yeah, it didn't take me long to doze off. That movie is just beyond fucking horrible. Yeah. I like the concept. They had a good idea for it. I mean, no, they didn't. it was You don't think that that the that the plot the like the plot that they were trying to work with was good. They just didn't execute it well. No, they had a horrible plot, and they did that. Oh, let's take the psychotic fucking family and make them sympathetic. What the <laughs> fuck? Well, sometimes even psychos need sympathy, Stephen. Yeah, you should know. no. <laughs> I mean, well, look at the Firefly family from the zombie trilogy. You kind of feel bad for them, but you won't want to fucking hang out with them. <laughs> no. They didn't take off their edge. This one is like, you just... And then we had the Leatherface prequel. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That one See? was... Well, that goes back to what I was talking about is the only way that they're going to make another, uh, you know, Cabin in the Woods movie is if they make a prequel. And I'm over prequels. I don't I don't want prequels. If you don't have a sequel, then your story is over. I don't need the prequel. Yeah, the less said about the Leatherface movie, the better. All right, well, then let's not say anything about it. 
<laughs> why now that we're out of that, why do you think that studios when it comes to horror basically? Because we could get into like we got like uh, six Final Destination films going on like seven or eight Saw films, right? Why and do they play are... it safe? And why do horror fans are so lazy that they like to play it safe? Even though like, oh, this is going to be shitty, but I know what I'm getting, right? If you know that yeah. you're getting a dog turd. Why are you going to open the box? <laughs> right? I know. It's, and those are two other franchises that I think should have ended after one movie. The first Saw movie, I really like a lot. The rest of them, it, it just spirals out of control. They just get... And again, they did the same thing with the Saw franchise that they did with Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. At first, they were kind of standalone movies with just, you know, a couple of recurring characters. And then all of a sudden, they brought in Wahlberg as the detective, and that became like the main focus for like three or four movies in a row, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't know. They Both Final Destination and Saw should have stopped after one movie. There should have just been one and done because they were both, they were both good movies, but I didn't need more of them. And I, with with Saw and Final Destination, those are a perfect uh, pairing to mention in the same uh, at the same time because what those movies are really about is oh Saw, what kind of crazy traps can Jigsaw come up with this time? And Final Destination, oh what kind of crazy Rube Goldberg deaths can we put together this time, you know? Like, that's a, that's the only reason they kept making those is because they were like, well, the first ones made a lot of money. Let's just keep pouring money into them, and all we got to do is come up with clever ways to kill people. And, yeah, can you know, we top we... ourselves? Right. Can we top ourselves? And just like every other, you know, horror movie franchise, all we got to do is get some sympathetic people and, you know, put them in perilous situations. Final no, destination. most of the horror franchises, the people that get into it is what they call, in Japan, morte. Or, <laughs> right? Morto, which is basically cordwood. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those, those are... Those are movies that I think should have just been one and done. Like, I don't, it, you know, like I mentioned all the time. Animal Activity you know, 2 falls into that trap. Yep. Yeah. I didn't really care for the first Paranormal Activity, so I never really pursued any of the sequels, but I've never really heard anything good about him. I've never, the no one's ever told me. The only activity I like was the last one because of that Mexicans in it. And every other movie, oh my, white people, oh my God, <laughs> there are witches over there. Let's run. Paranormal activity, Vato. Oh my God, there's witches over there. Let's get the shotguns out of the trunk. <laughs> yeah. That's racist, Steve. That is racist. 
No, that's actually what happens in the movie. <laughs> they go, they're like, there's witches over there. What are we going to do? Wait here. And they go in and they just bring, they throw shotguns and just kill them. Yeah. yeah, like I said, I only ever watched the first one of the paranormal activity, and then I was just kind of like, nah, it didn't do much for me. Um it, I it know. Seems- I, I mean, I love haunted house movies, so I should have been the, been its mark. You know, like, I love haunted yeah. house movies. <laughs> I don't know. It kind of felt like, I know they were, they were trying to do something more modern with, like, the hidden cameras and every, or, you know, the security cameras and everything, but yeah. it kind of it kind of just felt like a watered-down version of Poltergeist to me, you know? Just, I don't know. Poltergeist like, is another one. They went for three films and the third ones. And they should... Poltergeist is another one that should have been, as you said, one and done. Yeah, I agree totally. Yeah. That, there was no reason. It's the... I, and I feel the same way about... And this is another thing we were talking about, like trying to shoehorn in uh, a character to make a franchise, The Exorcist. Now, I don't think there should have been any more than one Exorcist film, but they made the sequel. But we all know, at least you and I know, and now our listeners will be informed, the third Exorcist film was not an Exorcist film. It was based on a completely different Peter Blatty novel, and they just forced him to shoehorn in an exorcism to make it part of the Exorcist trilogy. So Okay. What happened was is that the exorcism in Blatty's way he was going to do it is the center of the explosion the farther away from the explosion you got, the less it affected. Like Captain Cutshaw, the astronaut that uh, Reagan says, you're going to die up there. Yeah. There's no mention of the exorcist, even though it is connected, because that is the same Captain Cutshaw. And the nice configuration. Right. It is part of the exorcist universe. But he's so right. far away from it that it's barely touched. You know, it ain't even mentioned. And if you haven't yeah. seen the nice configuration, you need to, damn it. Yeah. Just so you can see Jason Miller and Joe Spinell talk about Casting a Shakespeare play with dogs. <laughs> hey, if you can see Joe Spinell in anything, you should watch it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Legion, a.k.a. Exorcist 3, well, Kinderman is closer to it, so it's more of a direct sequel. Right. To the first one. Yeah. But isn't isn't Exorcist three the one that Blatty actually directed? Right. He directed, he directed the Ninth yeah, Configuration he... too. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm getting confused on my Exorcist lore there, but again, it's a I've it's got a movie. Uh, Shop Factory DVD with uh, as close as we're going to get to Blatty's cut. Blatty didn't have an ending. No matter what he says, Blatty didn't have an ending for Exorcist Three. Right. And plus, yeah. I love that speech from George C. Scott, and at the end of the one. I believe in hate. I believe in filth. I believe in rape and death and everything vile. You bastard. (laughs) (laughs) If even though I don't really care for remakes, if they had ever done a remake of Network, I would have liked to have seen George C. Scott. Screaming, you know, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And let's not be on. And I, in both cuts of Exorcist 3, uh, what's his name? Uh, Brad DeReef is fucking amazing as a Gemini killer. Yeah. Yeah, see, that that's the one I was thinking of. Uh, I mentioned I I think I misspoke and said Exorcist Two because I was mixing up my my Exorcist, Exorcist uh, Two actually has three cuts and they saw right well, one's decent but that decent one is not on TV Blu-ray. Well, so but uh, here's another two. You got Richard Burton overacting. Yeah. I don't know. And then there's I, I, Exorcist 4 where you got two different movies. One great movie from Paul Schrader, but it's Paul Schrader. Yeah. And then you have the Rennie Harlan one, which Rennie Harlan said that when they hired him, he watched a Paul Schrader film, and he's like, this movie's fucking good. Why don't you release this? Because we want you to remake it. But I, right. I shouldn't. This is good. Mm-hmm. I will take Paul Schrader over Rennie Harlan any day of the week. Rennie Harlan picked right. Paul Schrader over himself on this movie. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's I don't just, know. It wasn't the franchise starter that they wanted. Right. Because if you remember, they even did an Exorcist TV series, too. I do not remember that. Yeah, it was uh, either one or two seasons, but yeah. Was it an anthology series like we were talking about earlier, or was it... No, uh, it was a direct sequel to the first one with Reagan's daughter getting possessed instead of Reagan. Linda Blair herself showed up in later episodes as Reagan. Huh. I'll have to check that out. I I don't think I ever heard about it. Huh. Weird. But there's a song we've talked about tonight, but we never used the full term, and that's the law of diminishing returns. <laughs> and that uh, really fits my... with franchises. Well, franchises started the law of diminishing returns. 
If anybody wants to find me on Twitter, my Twitter handle is actually diminishing returns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, what that, that means is the more you go to the well, the less water you're going to get out. Right? I chose I it as my Twitter handle more for my comedy career than anything else, but... Yeah. <laughs> like, let's look at action film. Let's go for Lethal Weapon, the first one, classic. Yeah. The second one, classic. Yeah, this is the rare one where the both two, one and two, are equally badass. Right. But those were so 80s that it hurts. Miles Gibson is a psychotic uh, hero and stuff. You know, he's psycho in both of the first and the second one. But then they and soften it. Then they, but then come the 90s and they try to soften him up into a nicer character for Lethal Weapon 3. Yeah. And 3 is well, okay. You want to what? talk about why those movies are so 80s? Look at Mel Gibson's hair. Holy cow. Yeah, Whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. look, in one and two, he has the mullet. And then the third oh, yeah. one, he has the regular Mel Gibson haircut that we're used to. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, didn't you notice that, how soft the third Lethal Weapon film is compared to one and two? Right. Well, I think I think what they were trying to go for, I don't think it was intentionally trying to soften the character as much as, I mean, remember when we first meet Mel Gibson in the first Lethal Weapon, he's got a friggin' gun in his mouth, and he's about to kill himself, and then he chickens out at the last minute. But then we see him do all kinds of crazy stuff throughout the movie, like, you know, the whole Three Stooges routine and at the Christmas tree sale yeah. and then jumping off, jumping off the building with the guy, like you know. Yeah. I think what they, I think what they were going for was that all of his years working with Danny Glover, now he feels like he has family again. He feels like he has friends. He feels like he has people he can trust. I think I think that's what they were going for, but. Again, I don't know the origin of the script, but I would guarantee that you're probably right, that this Lethal Weapon 3 probably went through a lot of rewrites where, you know, uh, through a lot of writers who were like, yeah, but let's make him softer. Let's make him softer. Let's make him softer. He can still be a badass, but, you know, let's... And plus, Lethal Weapon 2 had bad guys, and Lethal Weapon 1 and 2, you didn't know if they were going to make it. Right. Like, yeah. uh, the original in the Lisa Weapon 2, Mel Gibson's character is supposed to die, and you're just sitting there knocking on Heaven's door coming on. And you're like, oh, my right. God, Mel Gibson's dead. Right, right. Yeah. There wasn't that level of threat in 3. Yeah. And, and I feel like after 3... What I mean, I feel like they they kind of leaned into the comedy a little bit too, 
like oh Joe you Pesci know, when he showed up in three and four. Oh my God! Yeah, Joe Pesci kind of spun the whole thing into more of a comedy. I mean, not like there weren't funny moments in the first two, but yeah, three and Fuck four definitely. And all that bullshit. Everyone quotes out like, "Oh God, I hated that shit." He just keeps repeating the same fucking bullshit over and over again. It's supposed to be funny. No, it's not. (laughs) Right? Well, that kind of leans into what I was thinking about. um, Like, and this is, uh, it's not so much leaning more into comedy, but the Die Hard series. Like, in the first Die Hard, yeah, there was some comedy and you know, but you had a clear enemy and and John McClane, just a normal cop, just trying to save himself and trying to save his wife. But the further into the Die Hard series you get, all of a sudden he's a fucking superhero. Like, yeah, what the, the hell, first man? one I loved. The second one is good. Really good. But, then, but there's only I mean, one thing that it proves. You cannot fuck with Franco Nero, because if you remember, Franco Nero kicks John McClane's ass in the second film. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he says, what's your name? Can you spell it? Oh, no, wait. I'm, no, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Django Unchained. <laughs> yeah. Still. Yeah, he's only in it for one scene in Django and Chain is still fucking Franco Nero. <laughs> right? Yeah. Classic Tarantino. But and then there's a third one, which is good, even though it was not supposed to be a diehard script, but they changed it. I love that Jeremy Irons is great, Samuel L. Jackson is great. Yep. This one yep. is basically your proof of concept of the trilogy law. Yeah, right. It should have been the last one. And the fourth one's where he becomes the Superman, taking out the helicopter with a fucking car. Yeah, I I think what I think he takes it out with a motorcycle, doesn't he? Doesn't he jump a no, motorcycle? A car. He drives a car, car over a hump in a bridge and then the car Flies up and hits the fucking helicopter. Yeah. God. And then we have what I affectionately, well, disdainly call old fart on vacation. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's all he says throughout the whole fucking movie. I'm on fucking vacation here. I wasn't even supposed to be here today. <laughs> yeah, he becomes Dante with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right? But, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, oh, that. my God. That. He falls in the nuclear irritated water, and nothing happens to him. Nothing. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, that's that's another one. I agree that yeah, I could have been happy with one Die Hard, but but this this goes into something else that I was gonna mention too. As much as I um, as much as I dislike 
these rambling, ongoing series. Die Hard was based on a series of novels. And when I think about... Now, I was never a fan of Harry Potter, never a fan of The Hunger Games, never a fan of Lord of the Rings. When I was a kid, I wasn't a Marvel Comics fan. I was a DC Comics fan. But I will give those film franchises a pass just for the fact that by virtue of the source material, it made sense for them to continue to spiral out because they had a lot of material to cover. So I'll give you nine sequels. I'll give you eight sequels. I'll give you six sequels because you got a lot of material that you need to deal with. The problem I have with the DC movies is they've only recently tried to fucking expand. Before that, we've had four fucking Superman, five, five, six Superman fucking movies. Let's see. We've got about six fucking Batman Let's see. Yes, about nine, seven or eight Batman movies. And what we were saying, oh, my God, Batman's cool, but I want to see this character or that character. Now, see, don't get me wrong. When it comes down to movies, I actually do prefer the Marvel movies over the DC movies because I think most of them have been horrible. I just mean when it comes to my comic book collection, you're going to find way more DC than Marvel in my actual comic book collection. But yeah, yeah, the DC the DC movies have been mostly terrible. Uh, and but like I said, like I, that whole Avengers: Infinity War, what did it take? Twenty four movies for them to get to that. And as much as I want to bitch about, you know, franchises that just go off the rails, all I can say is well. They were building a world based on 50 years worth of comic books. So I get it. You and plus, know? we and got a Doctor Strange movie. We got a Thor movie. We got an Ant Man movie. You know? Yeah. There was yeah. variety. It wasn't just, here's the same crap over and over again. Like yeah, the Ant Man movies. Here's the new Batman. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, and don't worry, thing. we'll bring the Joker in sooner or later. Oh God, that's the one thing I really hated the most. I love the performances, but goddamn, please give the Joker <laughs> a fucking break. <laughs> right? Yeah. And like I said, same thing with like uh, uh, Harry Potter. I never cared about Harry Potter, but I understand why they made eight movies because, you know, it was the whole world that they already, well, I guess more than eight movies because they made those Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them films, and those are yeah, like... Those, suck. those are the rules that when it goes too far, you know. Yeah. And then, like I said, Hunger Games, never cared about that, but uh, I understand why they made so many movies. They're trying to do a whole series of books. Uh, At least Hunger know. Games was free and done. That was another one yeah. of the trilogy rule. Yeah, right. I only ever saw the second one because a friend of mine wanted to go to the movie. The movies, I'm just talking about the books, three and done. Yeah. I only ever saw the second movie, so I don't really know. Any, I never read any of the books, so I don't know anything about it. I'm just saying 
I understand why they made as many movies as they did. Whereas, you know, we're, we're talking about earlier about like Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, those Halloween, those were definite studio cash grabs. And I'm not saying that the Marvel movies and, you know, Hunger Games and all that stuff, I'm not saying that those aren't cash grabs, but at least they make sense in the fact that we're adapting this book series, so we got to make as many movies as we got to make yeah. to get the whole story out there, DC's you know. cash grabs is trying to turn Watchmen, which was a great miniseries, into a yeah. franchise. Yeah. Owen, oh, have you got to see the HBO series of Watchmen yet? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was actually good. I was shocked. Yeah. And oh, I like it. I mean, that I one's like one it. and done, too. I like I like Zack Snyder's version of Watchmen. I mean, I know he tweaked it I'm a little bit. but the second one that came out basically a couple of years ago, the Watchmen uh, TV movie series. Yeah. Limited series. Yeah. Sequel. Yeah, yeah. I like I how it you. expanded on the universe. Yeah, and it was right. done, and it's basically done. The producers and the directors said, "Okay, we did that. We did it. We done our story. We're done." Right, right. And the fans are like, yeah. "We want more. We want more." Tough shit. Tough shit. <laughs> right. I like it when stuff like that happens. You know, I mean, like. I wonder about, uh, you know, like, with, uh, like, you know, last year or the year before, I can't remember when it came out, but, you know, David Lynch did that third season of Twin Peaks, and I haven't heard anything about him doing another season, but it's the same thing. Fans are like, we want more, you know, but I'm just, I'm thinking David Lynch is probably like, yeah, I think I've, you know, I think I've reached the bottom of that. Well, you know, I don't think I need to go back to Twin yeah, Peaks ever again. Yeah, he says if he does, it'll probably be about the same amount of time between the second season and the third season. Oh, David Lynch ain't going to live for 25 more years. His whole diet consists of coffee and cigarettes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, I don't know, some other, uh, another... Uh, series that I was thinking about was Child's Play. Like, come on. How many that Child's odd Play? Because the first one is good. Yeah. The second one is okay. The third one is a hate fuck of a movie. Right. Uh, Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky are funny as hell. I don't give a damn what most fans say. It's fun. They're funny as hell, and that's why I like them. <laughs> yeah. How can I you not like a movie where it has? How can you not like a movie Seed of Chucky where it has John Waters taking pictures of Chucky jacking off? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is like, yeah, I, I'm not saying those movies are, are, you know. Terrible. I'm just saying that if if I, in my perfect world, Child's Play would be a one and done. Like I don't I don't need all those sequels. It was just 
that's another one of those cash grab scenes like we were talking about before. Like, you know, like they they just kept making yeah, Chucky right movies. Chuck because, you see, Chuck, you're better than they have any fucking right to be. <laughs> right. And you we, have a rubber? I, I, I'm all rubber, you dumb bitch. <laughs> I can definitely say, as opposed to some of the other films we've talked about tonight, I can definitely say that there is absolutely no way that someone else brought in a script that was like, hey, I got this idea for a horror movie, and someone was like, hey, we can stick Chucky in here. No, those were all written as child's play movies. I'm fairly certain of it. (laughs) Then we have the two DTV sequels, which suck dick. It wasn't just one, that whole cult of Chucky. Yeah, cult of Chucky, which... It was shit. There's just no way around it. That was just shit on the stick. Yeah, I think that was an attempt to reboot the whole thing. Like, they were going to be like, okay, you know, like, now let's pretend that all of this shit that happened in the other movies is real, and everyone, you know, all these people, you know, it. yeah, it was definitely, yeah, well, it was called Cult of Chucky, so it was definitely like, some crazy Scientology, like, uh, well, we talked about uh, Texas Chainsaw earlier when, you know, with Matthew McConaughey, when the friggin' limousine pulls up at the end and it's the Illuminati and they're somehow Yeah, Illuminati and aliens. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's like, I love that kind of shit, man. I'm, I'm all about, like, you know, conspiracy theories, aliens, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster. I love that stuff, man. Uh, if you could see my bookcase you sitting here right in front of me, I mean, I have hundreds of books about that stuff. And I don't believe in any of it. Not, I mean, I, I want to believe in aliens. I want to believe in Bigfoot. I want to believe in the Loch Ness Monster. But I'm also rational enough that if I don't see it, I'm not going to believe it. And yeah. I, understand, I understand the Illuminati is one of those things that you're never going to see unless, you know, you do some kind of eyes wide shut sex party or something by accident. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. What that I, is the scene where uh, uh, it is James L. Brooks in that one scene uh, uh, talking yeah. to Tom yeah. Cruise, right? Hit, the way he describes it. There's no way that scene could have been as cool as what James L.R. Brooks is talking about. <laughs> right. Do you understand who you're fucking with? I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> I wanted to see the movie he was talking about. No. <laughs> right. And now on to yeah. what most people are affectionate about, the Indiana Jones series. Raiders of the Lost Ark is good. Yep. This one might be considered blasphemy most, but I'm sorry. Temple of the Dune is a racist piece of shit movie that just sucks because if he wanted to marry Kate Capshaw, he should have married her and not let her shit all over Temple of Doom. Yeah. I wanted Willie Scott dead within five minutes of seeing her character on screen. 
Yeah, and like you said, uh, it is racist. Um, but this is one of those things, you know, where we're what we're dealing with right now in America where, I mean. We called it racist under- back in the 80s, man. It's not right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but it is, you know, it is, uh, you know, Spielberg and Lucas will openly admit that they were both in a bad place when they made that movie. So, you know, they, yeah, it's racist. Uh, the female lead is a shrill, you know, shrill person. She's shrill and she's weak. She can't do anything for herself. She needs Indiana Jones to save her all the time. And then he turns evil, you know, like, yeah. But And it's a prequel. Yeah. And we've already yep. established that Nate hates prequels. Yeah. <laughs> but I was actually the I, – I actually was one of the first people who ever pointed that out to my friend because I'm like, every Indiana Jones movie starts off and it shows you the date that, you know, it starts off with the year. And I was like, see? I was like, Temple of Doom takes place before Lost Ark. And all my friends were like, no, it's a sequel. No, it's a prequel. But I'll take it. But, yeah. But uh, then we get on to Last Crusade. And uh, I only wish that that title was appropriate. Because, again, my fetish for trilogies. And even though I think Last Crusade gets kind of goofy at times, uh, I could have done without a fourth Indiana Jones movie. And if all reports are correct, they're working on a fifth one now. Uh, and so. don't forget what came between Last Crusade and that, which is the young Indiana Jones series, which showed yeah. an old Indiana Jones with an eye patch telling stories of back when he was a kid and yeah. the couple when he was uh, a young, younger than he was in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, I don't know. I never really, I never really cared for that show. I mean, I watched it, but I don't know. It didn't really do anything for me. It kind of felt like, you know. If I was gonna, if I was gonna name a young Indiana Jones chronicle, my my version of it would be uh, Erie, Indiana. You know, yeah. that that seems more like I I don't know. I mean, I know Erie, Indiana was more kind of comedic and you know than it was adventure themed, but I just I don't know. I always kind of think about that show when I think about Indiana, or when I watch that show, rather. I think about Indiana Jones. I'm like, see, this is what Indiana Jones would have been doing when he was a kid, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And here's a big problem with the fourth one that no one has really talked about. Yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark, horror film. Right. Temple of Doom, horror film. Right. Last Crusade, 
Yes, it's still a horror film. People putrefy and die. <laughs> right. Indiana Jones 4, sci-fi film. Right. And I know a big part of my problem with that, uh, with, uh, I mean, again, I'm a big fan of Aliens, Area 51, all that stuff. So I didn't mind the sci-fi angle, but I friggin' hate Shia LaBeouf. I hate, I hate him. I've never seen him in anything where he's impressed me in the slightest. And now he gets to play Indiana Jones' son? Nope. Nope. Don't want it. Don't want anything to do with it. I did appreciate the return of Marion. That was cool. But other than that, I don't know, man. That that flick did not do it for me. And, I've got a lot of the same. And, and plus his friend with the triple turn. Yeah, right. I'm turning against you to join the Russians. I was faking it. So I'm joining you. But I lied. So I'm still with the Russians. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah. So Indiana Jones kind of bleeds, kind of bleeds over into one of the ones I mentioned earlier, Star Wars. Oh uh, God, there's so much Star Wars. I like the original trilogy. I mean, they ended that perfectly. We didn't need more stuff. But then we started. Even George Lucas was like, "Okay, it's done. I quit." And then all the fans are like, we're going to write these books. Yeah. The yeah, book. Boba Fett didn't die. Yes, he did. He got knocked in a starlight pit. Deal with it. Boba Fett died. No, he didn't. Ugh, the books, the comic books, the TV shows. I mean, we remember they had, uh, what, like two different cartoon series. The, or Well, no. Droids was a cartoon series, but then they had the Ewok adventure movies on TV. Yeah, uh, no, you're right. They had three co- cartoon series. There's Droids. There's uh, the Clone Wars. Yeah, and then well, there's those Star Wars Generals. Then there's yeah. the Mandalorian, which is actually good because it's Star Wars is a spaghetti western. Yeah, I like the Mandalorian. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have more Star Wars, but in, again, my fetish for trilogies, I would have been just as happy if I went my whole life with the original three Star Wars movies and and my massive collection of Star Wars action figures and toys. Again, I am a full-grown man, but <laughs> uh, I do have an obsession with uh, collecting toys. And VHS tapes, and DVDs, and Blu-ray, and vintage electronic equipment, and etc. 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 I I might be I might have a problem, but yeah, uh, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I don't know. I again, this goes back to what I said at the top of the show. I think. My obsession with trilogies is because growing up in the late 70s, early 80s, everything was just a trilogy and then it was done. And, you know, now everyone's just milking that nostalgia. And I guess the point is 
I don't fall for it. You know, like I don't, I don't feel like I need to see every Star Wars movie. If it looks like something I'm interested in, I'll see it. Um, you know, the, hand, the, the so the hand, Rogue One is worth seeing. That one's good. Yep, I liked Rogue One. I liked Solo. I didn't like uh, Solo. It was okay. Han Solo himself kind of sucked. But I do love Lando, the guy who plays Lando. Give him his own movie, damn it. I want to see a Lando movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Childish Gambino. Damn, Donald Glover. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's on that show Community, which is one of my favorite TV shows of all yeah. time. Yeah, he's great on that. Yeah. But the sequel trilogy is okay. Yeah. Well... Yeah, I don't know. The prequel trilogy, it's not that good. It's full of shit that we already knew. Yeah. And I mean that's that's a just that's the general consensus among Star Wars fans. But I will say Except that we love uh Samuel Jackson as a Jedi. There's only one yeah. thing that really pissed me off. He didn't say motherfucker once. <laughs> Yeah, right. I mean, I would yeah. love just one moment, like in the third one when he walks in, Palpatine pulls out his lightsaber, shroom. I'd put that in that motherfucking sword if I was you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that would have been great. But, yeah, I mean, as far as the prequels are concerned, and, again, you know I don't care for prequels, but, of course, just like every Star Wars fan, Back when Phantom Menace came out, I was excited for it. Not excited enough to camp out on the sidewalk for a, a month to get tickets. I waited for a while before I went to see it, but it took yeah, me, I wasn't. I really just went since three days after it opened, and it was almost empty. That one. There's a difference yeah. between Jedi, where every where I had to wait like two weeks to see it. And Phantom Menace, where we went three days after it opened, and probably everyone had probably seen it because of how fucking saturated it was in the theaters. Yeah, right. I I didn't like, I didn't care for the Phantom Menace that much. It has a couple of cool sequences in it, but of course, just like everyone else, I was particularly offended and disgusted by Jar Jar Binks, that that was definitely a big part of it for me. And little Anakin Skywalker being kind of a whiny little bitch. But um, I did, I did like the other two films in the, in the prequels. I, I did like Attack of the Clones and uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Is that, is that the third Chris one? Revenge Lee of the Sith. as a Sith? Hell yeah. Yeah. I didn't mind those ones. I thought they were, I thought they were okay. Um, and like but I you said, know what my favorite uh, moment of the uh, the second film is? Nope. You're going to have to tell it's me. It's at I'm the not very a... end of it when yeah. uh, Count Dooku walks up and Palpatine goes, I would like you to meet Grand Moff Tarkin. He is one of my generals. And they shake each other's hand. Right. No one else in the theater understood when I went, fuck yeah, to that moment. (laughs) 
So here's another thing that I kind of wanted to talk about. Um, I wanted to talk about kind of like sideways franchises. And um, I'll start off with one that I don't care for as much. But uh, I am a fan of Kevin Smith. But the sideways franchise that he has built around Jay and Silent Ball. Oh, the Jersey, is, the Jersey films. Yeah, but that is hit or miss. He's built a franchise around Jay and Silent Bob. If they show up in a movie, you know it's part of his whole Jersey film. Yeah, you know what the smartest thing he ever said? It was after chasing Amy. And he's like, fans are bitching. Why is Silent Bob and Jay only in for like five minutes? Who would want to watch a fucking movie for 90 minutes about two stoners that are Two stupid-ass stoners. It would be boring. Yeah, and then what was the next movie? Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and guess what? (laughs) Yeah. He was fucking right. (laughs) I think the next movie he made after Chasing Amy was Dogma, wasn't it? Yeah. But that was also also Jay and Silent Bob, and then he made Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and that's my point. Now, see, this is a this is a weird one for me because Chasing Amy is my favorite Kevin Smith movie, and mine too. I like Clerks. I like Clerks, but I don't really care that much for Mallrats. It's a little too wacky for me. Mallrats, but, is stupid. I don't care. I don't see why people like that movie. It's just bad. So I could have gone with. If I had to deal with a Jay and Silent Bob trilogy, I would have gone Clerks, Chasing Amy, Clerks 2. And that would have been all the Jay and Silent Bob I needed in my life. But I keep falling for it. Every time Kevin Smith puts out a new movie, I watch it. But Yeah, he knows how to bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And it it goes on and on and on, and I just... Even I did, I did kind of like the new Jay and Silent Bob reboot movie, that his newest movie. But the only way that you can enjoy that movie is if you've seen every other Kevin Smith movie. It's all inside jokes. If you haven't seen every one of his movies, then you're not going to get the joke. That's the problem and, with Clerks Two and uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. They're all in joke movies. Yeah, yeah. His it's problem totally is that he's too concerned with pleasing his fan base rather than just making good movies. Yeah. But, see, he had the same advantage as Tarantino had, who I'm going to bring up next. He had the same advantage as Tarantino had. He got in on the ground floor with Miramax, so the Weinsteins gave him all the money he wanted for whatever he wanted to do, whenever he wanted to do it. And that's what creates a self-indulgent director. When no one ever says no to you, you just do whatever you want to do, and they'll release your movie, and you'll get your money on the back end. Yeah, but here's you know? the big difference. Kevin Smith lives to suck his fans' dicks, and like, oh, I got to make them happy. They're what matters. I don't matter. It, making a good movie doesn't matter. I got to keep the fans happy. 
And yeah. Tarantino, you like my films? Cool. You don't like my films? Cool. Fuck off. <laughs> right? And the thing the thing about uh, Kevin Smith that's been driving me crazy lately is he is so far off the rails. Like, I'm not going to – I'm not going to talk shit about Tusk. That was uh, Tusk and Red State. Like, Kevin Smith stepped outside of his comfort zone with those films. He tried, and there was no Jay and Silent Bob, you know. But then he looped back around, and he made friggin' yoga hosers. Come on, man. That movie is such a piece of shit. It's it's so bad. So bad. Uh, you know, horrible. But segueing into the Tarantino thing, now this a little, a little ways towards what we're talking about with franchises um, oh, the Tarantino like verse where he tries to have everyone in his movies connected to each other. Right, right. And I like that. I, I, I like that a lot. I think that, you know, it's an intelligent approach to what is essentially a franchise. You know, he, he's linking all of his movies together. So if you really sit down and look at it, you could put his movies in order, you know, quote unquote order and be like, this is, you know, this is when this happened, this, this, you know what I mean? Like just by, just by linking up the names and the dates and stuff, you could put his movies in order. But one thing that does annoy me about that is Tarantino has that whole aside, which he's mentioned several times in several different interviews. Well, Kill Bill and Death Proof, those aren't really part of my universe. Those are the movies that the characters oh, that are in my universe, you know. Oh, what? That's what he says, though. I know. He says, but what? you can't connect uh, that because Django and Chain. What's uh, uh, what's his name's character? I don't know who's what's his name. Uh, the doctor. <laughs> Dr. Schultz. Oh, yeah. Dr. Schultz. Yeah. What grave no. is the bride or Beatrix buried in in Kill Bill? Yeah. The lonely Paula grave Schultz. of Paula Schultz. Yeah. The great-great-granddaughter right. of Dr. Schultz. Right. right. So, yeah. So that's kind of my rant about Tarantino and uh, Kevin Smith. I was just saying, like, yeah. Those those are those are different. It's not so much a franchise there, but you know, yeah. Jane, Jane, Silent Bob should have been gone after the first. Well, like I said, I I would eject Mall Rats, and I would put Clerks, Clerks Two, and uh, Chasing Amy, and that would be yeah, it for Jane, Silent Bob. It was unnecessary. Yeah, I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was okay. But And he's uh, working on a Clerks three too. Well, actually, uh so this is a funny story. Uh I actually went to high school uh with Kevin Smith and uh I don't we weren't friends or anything and I don't really talk to him but uh I you know, we're friends or we follow each other on Twitter, we're friends on Facebook and stuff and he posts 
crap all the time. I mean, you know he's rabid about talking about himself, you know, constantly. Uh, but yeah. to the point where I, I can't even deal with it. Like, I put in my DVD of Clerks the other day because I wanted to watch it. And you can't even watch Clerks. You can't even just hit play without having to sit through 10 minutes of Kevin Smith being like, hey, guys, welcome to welcome to the Clerks DVD. Let me tell you about it. Like, no, I just want to watch the friggin' movie, dude. And you know he's got like seven different podcasts, and he's just, you know, he's a lunatic. But anyway, he posts on Twitter and Facebook all the time, and he's actually said, Mall Rats 2 – and Clerks 3 are both in the toilet now. He doesn't he, – he, he can't do them. Uh, it, it went, that's why he ended up doing the Jay and Silent Bob reboot, because he, uh, he couldn't get the funding, uh, which, again, is funny. We talk, we talk about this all the time. Uh, directors like Scorsese and Tarantino and yeah, – uh, two was a fucking bomb. There's no way around it. And, but, and yeah, well – Really, Kevin Smith has not had a hit. Since we were in our late 30s, close to 40. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Nope. He uh, I, he makes most of his money nowadays off of podcasts and his comic book stores. I mean, that that's all there is to it. Like, but he's still, you know, when he gets, but, he comes up with an idea for a movie yeah. and a studio gives him money, he throws it out there. You know, I mean, he still makes movies. So, but, yeah. And uh, here's one that definitely is one that the studio fucked up for the final franchise, and that's RoboCop. Oh, yeah. First one is a very great, black, insane, violent, Paul Verhoeven comedy. One of the best movies, one of the best sci-fi movies of all time. I love RoboCop. Yeah. Great movie. And if you watch the already cut of it, it's more violent and brutal and nasty than if you watch the unrated version. Because yeah. you, because it's so over the top and silly that you start to laugh, especially the scene where the Ed Two Hundred Nine. Shoots the guy in the in the OCP boardroom. He shoots him so many times that it just becomes hilarious. <laughs> right? It's just like boom, 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 and you just see the body like dancing. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen the unrated version. I have the R-rated version. That's the one you're talking about. That's even more violent than the unrated. Yeah. Yeah, that's the version I have on DVD. Yeah. Well, I just got the new Arrow for Arrow uh, Blu-ray, and it's good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. RoboCop yeah. is definitely it's it's definitely another one that I think should have been one and done, man. Uh. I love the car in it. The. Three thousand, five thousand SUX. Yeah. <laughs> or the five thousand yeah. sucks. Yeah. I love, I love the commercial for it in uh, in RoboCop with the uh, stop action uh, like Ray Harryhausen style dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's if awesome. It, if you know it's a, if you know it sucks, it's gotta be good. <laughs> <laughs> now, which one of the sequels did uh, Frank Miller write? We talked about this before. Robo Was it two or two? He, yeah. Yeah. Huh. That was yeah, RoboCop two is good, but it's too goddamn mean for its own good. It's mean spirited. That's the one where they're trying to like eject all the people from the uh from the ghetto, right? And Robocop saves the day. No, it's is the that one what? where the he fights Tom Noonan as a drug dealer. Who gets his brain put in a robot, Robocop 2. Oh, yeah. Right. You know the yeah. one with the eight-year-old psychopath in it that we're supposed to feel sympathy for when he gets shot? <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't, uh, like I said, I kind of just dismissed the Robocop. The RoboCop series is kind of like the Matrix for me. In my mind, there's only one. I There's one movie. There's only one Matrix movie. There's only one RoboCop movie. I've seen them all, but I don't pay, I, I don't pay them no mind, you know. But the Just problem is, like, is that they took these two hyper-violent, mean and dark-spirited movies and said, let's make a kitty franchise out of it. And then we got RoboCop 3, which is PG-13 and made for kids, and good God, does it suck. Not to mention we got the RoboCop Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. Well, look at the 80s. We got the Rambo cartoon. And the Chuck cartoon. True. And the Toxic Avenger cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's funny because, you know, you think about that nowadays, like we were talking about earlier, where a lot of what a lot of what they're working with, with like Star Wars and Indiana Jones and stuff, they're kind of trying to to cash in on our nostalgia. But at that time when they were doing that stuff, Chuck Norris, Rambo, those cartoons, they weren't cashing in on nostalgia. They were trying to sell toys to kids that were based on violent movies, you know? Yeah, and, that shows what kind of movies we watch. We watch violent movies on VHS because the video store's owners didn't give a fuck. I'm yeah. years old. I want to rent the unrated version of Reanimator. You got the money? Yeah. Okay. Make sure it's imports due. Okay. <laughs> hey, can I rent this copy of Last House on the Left? How old are you? Eleven. All right, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't oh, man. a blockbuster that they got strict. Yeah. Yeah. In I the remember old there days, was they a... didn't give a fuck. Yeah. There was a video store downtown from where I lived. It was just one long hallway. Like, you walked in, there was the register on the left, and then you just walked down this long, creepy hallway. And all the way at the end, there were the saloon doors where you had to go if you 
uh, wanted to rent porn, and that was the, the only porno place. room. Ah, yeah, man. that was the only place. That was the only place that had a sign that said you must be 18 to enter. And I remember going down there when I was, you know, 11 years old and renting Last House on the Left, Solo, uh, Man Behind the Sun. Uh, oh man. Movies that no 11-year-old should be watching. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, I can remember renting Flesh Gordon when I was 12. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh. It's one of the few movies I didn't care about the cursing because I was enjoying the Emperor Wayne the perverted cursing more. <laughs> right? You fucking dildos! <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, getting on back, there was two, after that, there were two RoboCop TV movies, which aren't that bad. Yeah. Really? I didn't care for them. I, they're not he, as bad as they could have, but after RoboCop 3, anything was an up look. And the, my big problem, and this is specific to any movie, my big problem with a lot of post-RoboCop, I hate it when they change actors. And I thought Peter Weller was great in RoboCop. And then they started fussing around with the actors who were playing RoboCop. And that stuff always annoys me. You know, like, if you're going to launch a franchise and you can't get the same actor back, then you lost me. You know, and that's just a, that's another personal thing. Yeah. For me. But, you know, I mean, okay, so how many Death Wish movies did they make? Four? Five? Six. Six. So can you imagine Death Wish without Charles Bronson? Like all of a sudden just some other... Yeah, it was Bruce Willis and it wasn't that good. Well, yeah, that was the remake, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Who directed that? That was uh, Eli, Eli Roth, Roth, right? Yeah. Yeah, Eli Roth. Yeah, that wasn't, it wasn't good. It wasn't terrible, but it's another one of those things where it didn't necessarily have to be a Death Wish movie. They could have, they could have come up with another title and made, just made a new movie. Because it wasn't, it wasn't particularly similar to the original Death Wish. But no. They even no. they changed so much that why they even call it Death Wish? Paul Kersey's a doctor. What? Yeah, right. Uh, wait, uh, I thought he was an architect. Uh, nope, he's a doctor. Well, did his wife and his daughter get raped in their home by Jeff Goldblum? Uh, 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 no, uh, uh, in I a dughead hat. <laughs> No, no, I, I was not. I, I was not available for the uh, for the rape. Uh, I, I I couldn't make it. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I couldn't take Death Wish the first one seriously after seeing uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum as a thug in a Jughead hat talking that shit <laughs> that he was talking. Right. I, no. I hearing I, Jeff Goldblum go, "I hate rich cunts. I hate rich cunts," and you're like. <laughs> No, you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Take two. Nope, we got it. But Death Wish is another movie, though. I'll name off a few since we're closing in here. A few that I thought that just needed to be one and done. Death Wish would have been a good one. Blair Witch Project would have been a good one and done. Blair Witch oh, 2. Blair Witch oh, 2 is good. We didn't get to see the good cut, though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've only ever seen it once, and it, I just kind of blew it off. Uh, it's actually on one of the streaming platforms that I have right now. Again, I can't remember if it's Hulu, Amazon Prime, or yeah. Netflix, but it, it's on there, and I've the been crow. thinking about watching it yeah, The Crow, yeah, that would have been a good one and done. American Psycho, oh, man. That American the, Psycho. I was like, how the fuck did they get a sequel? Oh, this girl who's our killer? She was kidnapped by Patrick Bateman. Yeah. Boy, no. you're fucking stretching, aren't you? <laughs> now, how about Amityville Horror? Oh baby, that I one went on. World War II, but that was a prequel that actually worked because that should have been the first film, then the Annabelleville Horror. <laughs> right, right. And uh, Ghostbusters. I don't think we needed a Ghostbusters two. That was, I mean, and I don't mind the all-female Ghostbusters remake. I like Paul Feig, and I like all the actresses that were in that. I thought it was entertaining. Uh, but Ghostbusters 2, I do, I do not like Ghostbusters 2. Nope. Don't, don't need it. No. Now, the Ghostbusters video game, which is... Uh... Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd has confirmed as Ghostbusters 3, which is Ghostbusters Go to Hell, was actually not that bad. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard that. I haven't really looked into it, but I have read some stuff uh, about, yeah, the Ghostbusters video game was supposedly supposed to be what they were going to do with Ghostbusters 3. Yeah. So, I mean, we could talk about uh, Home Alone. Uh, oh God! Rambo. We could Home talk about Home Alone. A... Rambo been a one four and was fucking good if you get the director's cut. Yeah, the newer, the reboots of Rambo and Rocky were good, but the sequels, in and of themselves, were bad. I think, but you get where these, we uh, Stallone's uh, director's cut of uh, John. That's called John Rambo. Yep, yeah. I love that. It's the first time Rambo admits that he's a psycho who likes killing. You didn't do it for your country. You just like killing people. You just love well, murder, don't you? He's like, but it goes. It goes along with the same thing we were talking about with uh, with Die Hard. In the first Rambo, the original Rambo, he's just trying to defend himself. And then in the, in the sequels, he becomes like some crazy killer, you know? Well, you so, can remember I, in the first one, originally the ending of the first one, he's supposed to blow his brains out. <laughs> 
right? Yeah, that's what that's what happens in the novel. No, have you actually? No, it's actually was filmed and it's as deleted the uh, scenes on most DVD and Blu-rays. Oh, I don't have it on they DVD. I have it on I have it on VHS. I've, I've yeah, never they filmed the it, story. and it's one of those where they, it's like, we can't do that. Why? We like this guy. We want to make a franchise out of this guy who turns into the psycho who kills up, a, tears up a fucking small town. <laughs> right? So uh, Rocky's definitely one that went too long, even though I do like Creed 1 and 2. Yeah, well, you know, that's the that's the leap we have to make between what we're talking about here. We're talking about uh, franchises that went too long, but I'm thinking in terms of if a reboot happens, I don't I don't necessarily ca- count that towards the original franchise. If you reboot yeah. it and start making and start making new sequels, then you know, you're you started a new franchise. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the Expendables like, went around too long. Yeah. How about Fast and the Furious? Holy shit! How long is that going to go on for? They're like, going in space in the next one. That's like the biggest sign that your franchise is going off the rails is when you're going into space. Uh, yeah, uh, hello, Jason, uh, Jason, Jason X, uh, we need you to go into space now. Uh. That's why the joke third one, which I wish they would have done instead of Steady Kills, is Machete Kills in Space. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah. I always like the preview for that. Uh, and Justin Bieber, (laughs) and then it's like, uh, asterisk. Actor may be subject to change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but All yeah, right, most buddy, well. kind of, that's the problem with studios is they like got banging out franchises until it's dead and everyone fucking hates them. Yep. And, and what the scary I'm, part is, is we've only dealt with big screen franchises, not DTV franchises. Yeah, right? We can do that for right. next week is direct the video franchises. Yeah, for sure. But all right, well we hit the two hour mark tonight. I gotta get some sleep for work tomorrow, so I'm gonna call it a night. So Yeah, uh, even though I had to wake your ass up to make sure you're gonna be on the show, he has to go to sleep. All right. Yeah. Well I'm like, motherfucker, hey. this is what I do in between sleeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I go to work, and then I take a nap, and then I do podcasts. I used to be a stand-up comedian. I used to be a stand-up comedian, but no friggin' comedy clubs are open anymore. So now you got to listen to all my jokes. So, but, yeah, um, yeah, it was a bad morning this morning. Uh, I I wasn't supposed to go into work till 11, but uh, since I'm the supervisor, I got to go in whenever someone else can't cover for me. And some dude called me at 5.30 this morning and was like, hey, I can't come in. I need you to cover for me. And I had stayed up until 1.30 in the morning 
watching TV and drinking beer with my wife. So, uh, yeah, that was a fun morning. But, hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you went but full Dante, is... didn't you? I did. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Be here, motherfucker. Fuck off. <laughs> but this was another fun night on the Sesploitation Conflagration. So, and we'll see you next week. And always remember, we watch bad movies just so you could be stupid enough to watch them with us. Good night, everybody. <laughs>